0: The following podcast is brought to you by Astro Panda Productions. For more information or to find other great shows, visit astropandaproductions.com or visit the Astro Panda Productions page on blogtalkradio.com.
1: Welcome back to Geekish Cast, an interview episode for December 3rd, 2018. I am your host, Jeremy Vilmer, and joining us today is Brennan Risling, a.k.a. The Riz from Draw Me In Comics. What's happening, Brennan?
0: Uh, not too much. Just uh, excited to talk to you today. I,
1: I am interested in your project here, so why don't you tell me a little bit about what Draw Me In Comics is.
0: Sure. Uh, Draw Me In Comics is a, a brand new website that we just launched about two months ago. Uh, And it's designed for independent comic creators, so they can uh, sell their comics, uh, you know, build a fan base. Uh, But it's also like a networking site. So um, if you find someone's artwork that you really like, uh, if you're set up as a creator, you can click a green button that says, I would like to work with you. And then artists and writers can talk back and forth via the site to uh, create even more comics.
1: In short, it's a place to sell your comics, your indie comics and they get creators get to keep 100% of their funds it looks like from what i'm reading
0: that's right yeah we have our uh, we call them super coins our own uh, uh, currency package so it's like if you're playing injustice 2 that's my favorite game on my phone <laughs> or you know candy crush or something that you can buy tokens that you can trade in for you know gearing up your characters and that type of thing it's the same thing with our our comics so uh, you buy token packages, and then when you shop online, find a comic that you like, and um, you can instantly purchase it, and the artists get to keep their asking price.
1: Awesome. So how does Draw Me In make money? Is it, Do you mind talking about that at all?
0: Oh, for sure. So the, um, the tokens themselves, it's not a dollar-by-dollar dollar ratio. There's a small percentage markup uh, at the front end for the consumer. So um, we make our money for the website... On the on the currency packages that people buy. So oh, okay. when we yeah when we validated our company, um, we looked into different options and uh, we found that people that support independent artists and independent comics, they were like yeah we'd be happy to you know pay a little bit extra on the front end so that you know artists can make more when they actually sell it. So um, so like we're, we don't take commissions off the artist. It's not you know they have to put their comics online and then lose another 15 or 20 or 30 percent they can put it online and uh go from there
1: yeah so back about 20 years ago i was thinking that online comics were eventually going to be not not eventually i was thinking very quickly we're going to be replace not quite replacing but more prominent than paper comics because the biggest problem with paper comics is the cost of printing Right, that's that's come down some recently, but still not as much. I mean, you're not you know five thousand dollars on the photography process anymore, but it still costs. Right. What, what have you found uh, with with you know people who are buying through your site or with people who are considering making an e comic? What have you found to be maybe some of the appeal of a digital comic or maybe some of the problems people perceive with digital comics? Uh,
0: well, one of the benefits is just a really good way of finding new artists and finding new stories um, in a really accessible kind of way. You know, um, personally, I am a print guy. I love my print comics. I still buy my comics every week. But when you can go to one location, like Draw Me On Comics, and you can see new titles and check them out, which be like, "Hey, that's kind of cool. And you can check it out instantaneously. So I think that's one of the nice things about them. Um, as a collector, I would like to take my comics sometimes on, you know, if I'm going on a road trip or something, but I don't want to wreck them. <laughs> sure. So, you know, the digital one's nice. That way, I can read on my phone or on my tablet or whatever. So, um, I think maybe you know, this part of the problem is just you know, the it's it's new, it's different, right? I mean, it's um, you know, it's a medium that's been in print for so long. So, have another form of it might just be a bit of a, a mental hurdle. Um, but you know, I just, I look at it as this one more venue of of finding new stories and, and new creators. Um, you know, some of the comics I bought digitally, I ended up buying the physical copy later on just because I liked the comics so much.
1: Oh, sure. Well, the last time I visited your country, you, know, you are calling in from Canada. Last, yes, yes, last, the
0: Great White North.
1: Yep. You know. last, time, last time I was up there, I loaded up on comic books on my Kindle before I came up, so that way I would have something to read without having to actually transport things up there. But I was also flying with like 15 kilos of beer, so I didn't have a lot of luggage room left, so. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Priorities, priorities. So, I got to ask how the weather is, because what I know of Canada, it has two seasons, winter and August. How's things up there right now?
0: Uh, Right now, it's very wintry. Um, I'm I'm actually, I'm in Saskatchewan, so we're one of the more wintry provinces, so. Indeed. um, Yeah, it's very cold uh, right now, but um, the forecast for this winter actually is supposed to be one of the nicest we've had on record for a long time. So we might be we might have a mild winter for once. That'd oh be nice, well,
1: uh, I guess global warming's got to pay off somewhere then.
0: There, <laughs> exactly. There you go. Yeah, yeah for Saskatchewan and uh, carbon emissions.
1: Uh, yeah, not not much else going on around there, I guess. So yeah. <laughs> So how did you? So you got to tell me. I mean, you're you're in this company now. You're distributing comics for indie people. How did you get into? Let's let's start. How did you become a comic fan? Where did that happen? what What book was it?
0: Um, when I was about three years old, I used to go to the corner store with my mom, and I would just buy comics. One of the first ones I remember was uh, a Hulk from the the late '70s. Um, and I couldn't read, obviously, mm-hmm. but I liked the pictures, I could follow the stories, I could, you know, make up in my mind what was happening. Um, and that just, that just got me hooked, you know. Um, and then from there, as I got older and got my allowance, then more and more money went into my comics. So um, in grade eight, I did an inventory of what I had. I think I was at about 3,000 comics. Holy cow. Yeah, so, uh, you know. It's been a couple decades or more since then, so I'm not sure what my inventory is now, but um, I'm, I'm a lifer. You know, it's just one of those things that got me hooked, and,
1: uh, you know, I just haven't been able to stop. No, that's that's how most addictions work, I believe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, my, my story is very similar. You know, obviously, when I was a little kid, you could still buy, When I assume the situation is the same in the States as in Canada. So, you know, I bought comic books at the liquor store, the corner market, and then eventually everything was going through uh, primary source comic book shops. And so I rediscovered comics in junior high school, which would be, you know, grade 7, grade 8, and that was kind of my journey. I have a harder time keeping up with them now than I used to, though. Have you found uh current comic books to be more or less enjoyable, personally?
0: I, that's... That's a bit of a loaded question. A little bit. A little (laughs) bit. A little bit. Um, I find that it takes more effort to find comics that I that I really enjoy. Um, You know, I've been buying them for so long too. It's it's just amazing how sometimes a character can have a really really good run, Mm -hmm. and then that same character will have a really really bad run. You know, Um, so it's it's that mental gymnastics of Am I supporting this character? Do I keep going? Do I jump off? You know, do I come back in later on? Um, I've collected uh, when John Byrne relaunched uh, Superman back yes. in '86.
1: Man of Steel. Yeah. I
0: have every super, Yeah, I have every Superman comic from that time till now. Um, you know, that's I just decided that was a, a series I'm going to continue. And there was a time when it was not good you know what I mean like it just wasn't good um but again I wanted to support the character and 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 you tough it out so um yeah I just it's like I said sometimes you just have to decide when when to jump on and when to jump off so um I still find comics very enjoyable and when I do find one that I love then that's always great you know it's almost inspirational like when you jump into a story um you know whether it's uh, a surprise story, something you didn't expect, you know, but that's always a great thing. Uh, you know, uh, for example, just thinking of, um, uh, shoot, uh, like Mr. Miracle right now. Yes. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, and it was just like this wonderful, where did this come from kind of story, you know. So when you find things like that, it, it's really, it's just really enjoyable. You know, it just really helps bring the, keeps the magic alive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was one. I didn't read that, but every other week, uh, me and two of my friends do an episode of Geekish Cast where we just talk about um, comic TV and movie news, superhero news, stuff like that. And my buddy Paul was telling me, he's like, you're going to love Mr. Miracle when you finally read it because it says out loud everything you've bitched about for the last 10 years. And I'm like, perfect. Can't wait to see it. (laughs) Yeah, it's really
0: good. Well, it's funny. I was actually listening to your podcast, and uh, I haven't finished it yet. I haven't Mm -hmm. read issue 12 So uh, I kind of got spoiled a bit on it, but that's fine. It's fine. It's good. They don't bother me. If anything, it's more intriguing. I kind of like it sometimes if I know what's going to happen. And then if I'm still surprised, even when I know what the ending is, that's even better.
1: Well, sorry we spoiled that for you, but glad to hear it didn't ruin your dinner. So I'm actually happy about that.
0: (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that got you into comics. Now, what got you into creating comics?
0: Uh, I play with a, a local band here um, based on a Saskatoon called Ultimate Power Duo, and we had uh, a song based on a character with our other band, like our, our out of high school band, and mm-hmm. so we had this idea back in the early 2000s that we would do a concept record, We're like we want to make a whole record with Space Joe and Space Joe getting into adventures and doing some cool Space Joe type things. And then we decided, oh, we should do a comic to go along with it. The original inspiration was the uh, the DC the the, the play along records that came with the big comic. Yeah. Remember Yes, those.
1: I do absolutely.
0: Yeah. So I have I have a Batman one, um, and as a kid I loved it. So it was you know, and they they acted really well, and they're like this voice acting. And one side was a Gorilla Grodd story, and the other side was Batman meets. Sherlock Holmes, basically. Oh, awesome. Um, and I used to listen to it and read it, and so our, our original idea was to do that, make a record with the big, huge size comic. That's the same size as as the album. And we priced it out and looked into it, and it turned out our cost, just to print one, would be like 100 bucks yep. <laughs> per record. So we thought, hmm, okay, we can afford that. That's a little bit pricey, <laughs> uh, you know. So we went back and forth debating, well, we had this idea for a comic, though. That was our, you know, that was still mulling around. And so then we decided to do a a graphic novel. So when we released the record, it's a a 20 track concept record that follows a storyline. And then every song has its own two to five page comic story to go along with it. um, so we had uh, yeah 12 different artists doing 20 different stories. And uh, it was a really like a big jam thing, you know. Um, some people wanted like full-on scripts, so they wanted like, on you know, page one, panel one. Uh, some people just wanted they just took the lyrics and then like interpreted the lyrics how they wanted. But for each song, they got notes as far as here's what's happening in the story and here are the main characters and here's what they look like and here's what the universe is like. But then they were allowed to play with it how they how they wanted. So, um, that was really my first, you know, my first adventure into actually writing comics. Um, and it's interesting because that was the process that led to draw me in comics becoming a website just because when we decided we want to do this comic, how do we find artists? And we, we didn't know how, to be honest, there wasn't anywhere to go. So, uh, Scott RP, uh, my guitar player, you know, went to the uh, Joe Schuster Awards page and just started emailing people and cold calling people and saying, Hey, we have this comic. Do you want to be involved? But that process of trying to network with other artists and things really led to the beginning of the idea for, for drama and comics. Because we kind of thought, you know, independent comic artists need to have a, a cool place to sell their stuff and to network and just be known to each
1: other. Uh, you're absolutely correct one of the things i noticed about your website is you have an area for writers i guess putting up scripts looking for artists
0: exactly yeah and see i'm a writer so (laughs) that was part of my idea i'm like we should you know it's when you go to a comic con and you have your portfolio and you can show people your artwork and here's what i'm working on it looks really great as a writer it's like here's my script no one really wants to read your scripts i mean that respectfully. You know what I mean? Like, no, I follow if, you. If yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're in a booth and you walk by an artist and you're sketching and you, you watch them and it's, Oh, Hey, that's really cool. If you're watching a writer, just type on the laptop. It's not as, not as glamorous. Right. So it's, it's just like being um,
1: at a Starbucks at that point.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, we thought it'd be important. So, you know, writers can put up pitch ideas or script ideas to again, collaborate with, with artists. So there's not a lot of places that, that writers can actually network. Um, I've been to more than one comic convention and I've gone to panels and a question that's asked almost every single time, if it's a panel that has to do with, uh, creating new comics or networking, the questions always asked, I am a writer. How do I find an artist? I am an artist. How do I find a writer? You know? And I want to put my hand up and just say, give me six months. We're working on it. You know what I mean? Be patient. It's coming, you know, but, uh, that's I, I think it's it's good it's you know it's it's nice that writers can have a have a chance to maybe find artists that they maybe wouldn't have met or had a chance to meet before.
1: Yeah. Um, so when I was first looking into your company, I I was thinking about another guy I know here in California who has a company called Scattered Comics. Basically, what he does is you send him your story idea, and he puts together a comic book team for you. Oh, neat. Yeah, so i I, I got to figure out a way to get you guys in touch with each other just in case there is some simpatico for you guys to hook up on. That would be great. Yeah, what I have run into with a lot of the indie creators I talk to is a lot of people weren't ready, ready for what a problem lettering was going to be. Yep. Have you, why don't you tell me a little bit about your experience with lettering? <laughs>
0: could, could you tell by my reaction that I've had an experience of yes, letters? Yes, I could. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's learning curve, right? So uh, when we did our, our first story, uh, we actually had Roddy Rosmo, who's done some uh, work for uh, you know major companies. Uh, he did work for us. And so he submitted his story first. And we got a story, and it looks great. I was like, oh, this is awesome. But there wasn't any lettering. And so I, I messaged Riley. I was like, Hey, love the art. looks awesome. Is there a version with lettering coming up? And basically his response was, I don't do lettering. I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, so then I, I quickly learned that I need to find something that can do lettering. And on our project, I even took a, a jump and I taught myself how to use Photoshop. And I did some of the lettering for, for our book. Um, just to kind of save time and, and, uh, have that experience. But it was, it was difficult. <laughs> it's a, it's a whole skill unto its, unto itself, you know? So, um, so then like, I quickly had to find other artists that could do lettering and say, would you mind doing the lettering for the story? So, um, yeah, it's, it's a big thing. It's one of the most important things a comic needs, but it's also a, it's definitely an art unto itself.
1: It is, and I I have dealt with several several creators who were eventually published by other companies um, whose original comic was turned down for lettering. Really? Yes. uh, I know a guy who's had several books published through Caliber, but his original concept, he had to scrap the lettered pages, go back to just the artwork, and hire a second letterer to redo it. Because originally he just said, well, I'll do it. And then when he sent it in, they're like, If you re-letter it, we'll print it. But until then, no. Oh wow. And I've heard that story from more than one person, but it's just he's my favorite to point to because literally not changing anything else, just getting it re-lettered, and they picked it up right away.
0: Oh wow. That's well, I'm glad it got picked up. Yeah. You know, I found when I did my own lettering, um, I thought it looked I thought it looked pretty good. And oh. then when it came when it came to print, it was like, Oh, how come my, my, my caption box is darker. It didn't look that dark when I did it on Photoshop. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. How come? You know what I mean? And then yeah. when, I, when I saw it again, I was like, ooh, it wasn't as good as I thought it was.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and if you're anything like me, I learn by breaking things. You know what I mean? Like, I, I learned by screwing things up and going, there must have been a better way. <laughs> you know? That's yeah, how, exactly. Yeah. That's how I get it through my head. Yeah.
0: Well, even with, I mean, like creating the comic, I mean, it was a, it was a huge undertaking. You know, mm-hmm. it's a. It's like a 90 page graphic novel with 12 different artists on it and we had never made a comic before it was it was brand new to us and in our you know innocence of making a comic we thought oh I'll send all these notes and all these ideas and script ideas we'll get all these artists they'll they'll hammer it out we'll get it back in like one or two months and the comic will be done and then it was Four years later, and we finally got the comic done. You know, between, you know, uh, some people jumping on, some people not being, getting too busy, um, you know, it just keeping track of all those people. And, yeah, we thought it'd be, oh, this would be quick and easy. And then it was a, a much bigger project than, than we anticipated. But, I mean, you know, it turned out awesome, and it was a great learning curve, because we're doing another one for our next record. Um, this time... Uh, we're having one artist do all the stories. And I'm doing all the uh, all the script work and things myself, just so it's a bit more focused on on my ideas and a bit more cohesive this time. Um, but being that we've gone through it once, this next round is is already running a lot smoother because four years of, of difficulty, <laughs> good difficulty, create difficulty. But uh, yeah, we, we, you definitely learn the ropes when you throw yourself in the deep end.
1: Oh yeah, that's yeah. I, I do, I do appreciate sink or swim situations though, because by God, you're going to make it work somehow. If it takes five years or not, you know. Exactly. You yeah, know. for sure. So, what did you run into when you were making your comic? That was there anything at some point that made you say, "God, maybe I'll just stop here. Maybe I've bit off more than I can chew." Or did you have a sense all the way through that you were going to, no matter what, get through it? It
0: it was exactly both of those feelings <laughs> <laughs> it was it was very much okay this is way bigger than than i anticipated like you know is is bigger than what we thought but on the flip side but at that point we were so deep into it we had we couldn't stop you know what i mean yep. um it, it was we had no choice we we had to finish it so um but but like i said it was just it was a really great learning thing and um you know it's uh it, it's funny cuz i coming from the the independent band world, um, indie comics is sort of the same industry in a different way, right? As far as how you network with people and trying to promote yourself. And, uh, you know, I quickly learned, and I I mean this with with all love and respect to my musician friends and my artist friends, but I discovered that artists are almost worse than musicians for deadlines. (laughs) And again, I mean that lovingly, but... um, (laughs) You know,
1: I, I like uh, how you get that in there. I mean this in the nicest way possible, but uh, <laughs> you, you guys can't finish. That's the problem we got. Well,
0: yeah. Well, it's uh, that was. I mean, yeah. But I mean, but the ones who could, though, uh, we had a couple of artists who ended up doing uh, more than one story in our comic, and it, it was just because it was like, hey, we have a couple more stories to do. Can you can you do this? Like, yeah, for sure. And so when you find people that work well with you, it's amazing how. How smoothly it can go. Um, again, when you have that simpatico and synchronicity and all those other s words that talk about connecting and things.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's completely understandable. Well, real quick for anybody who might be interested in checking you out and checking out uh, and Comics, where can they find you on the interwebs?
0: So we're on uh, we're at DrawmianComics dot uh, We're on Twitter at Draw Me in Comics, uh, Facebook at DrawmianComics. Basically, if you look up Drami
1: Comics, you can find us. Awesome! I'm going to go find you on Facebook right now. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So when and, you were, when you were oh, you, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'll ask my
0: question after that. Oh no! I was just going to say uh, just when you're thinking about um, collaborations and working with with uh, other creators and things, um, we're actually in talks right now with a, an indie um, comic publisher who is looking at using us for their digital platform for their for their comics. So. Uh, We're hoping to actually um, attract some small batch publishers to to use us for their digital platform. So so if anyone out there has a comic that they want to put up, or you have a whole bunch of comics to put up, you know where to find us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I... I want to kind of walk through your process a little bit there. So for sure. say, you know, say I've got a script for a comic book. I don't know about digital webbing, scattered comics, or any of the other places, or or, or say DeviantArt, other places where people find or try to find collaborators. Mm-hmm. So I've got this idea. I've listened to this episode of Geekish Cast. So I go to your website. What happens now?
0: Uh, go to the website. Take a look, you know. Uh, you can sign up for free. You can create an account. Um, so your account, you can either be a collector or a creator. Um, you know, some people just want to buy comics and, and not create. That's totally fine. Uh, if you're a creator, you can obviously shop. But uh, it's just like making up any any other profile. So just give us your name and who you are. And then if you would like to post your comics, uh, it's, it's really easy. Just a, a PDF version of it. And you can put your comics online. And, uh, you know, throw your asking price, whatever it is. Um, if you're looking for someone, uh, yeah, check out the scripts, check out their comics and you can, you can talk to them directly. Uh, we're actually in the process right now of doing like instant messaging. So you can actually just talk directly through the site. Um, you know, right now it'll be through email, but, uh, yeah, right away, you can just chat with people on our site and make new comics.
1: Okay, that that sounds simple enough to me there.
0: <laughs> well, it, it it's funny because like I am the most uh, reluctant online shopper. If you think of people that don't shop well online, I'm that person. You know, like the troubleshooting, I'm the person that would have all the questions, and I can use it, and I figured it out. So if I can figure it out, I'm sure all your listeners can figure it out as well.
1: I, I would think so, absolutely. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what you've had so far come through, and Comics. What are genres that you see people sending to you for uh, distribution, I guess is the proper term?
0: Uh, right now we have a, a real mixed bag. Um, we have everything from um, a few horror titles to um, uh, uh, like a zine, you call it an Ashcan mm-hmm. comic. So, like, really, like, gritty, you know, uh, action-adventure type of thing. Um, there's uh, Custom of the Sea, which is a black-and-white uh, comic, very story-driven. I'm finding with all the comics that are coming in, they're just, even if the genres are different, they're, they're really story-driven stories for redundant wording, but you get the idea. <laughs> um, it drives home. Yeah, there you go, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they're really focused on on uh, good storytelling and you know, creating something that that wants you to to read more of them. So um, yeah, I'm really happy with the titles we've been getting so far. Um, it'd just be great to uh, even get more of them up there.
1: Well, yeah. So what are you, are you actively? I mean, obviously you're doing podcasts to get the word out, but what have you found to be effective in helping creators find you?
0: Honestly, we're You know, digitally putting our, just beating the, we're hitting the road and cold calling people and just like messaging people saying, check out our site, basically cold calling, lots of emails, sending tweets. You know, um, if we were like traveling salesmen, Mm -hmm. we're like the the online version of that. We just bug people, like come check out our website, Um, you know, and and we are new. So the, the one thing is, you know, sometimes people kind of wait, oh, well, let's see how it's going you know, um, but before they will put their comics up or commit or whatever, but we, every day we have more and more customers signing up looking for comics. So, um, you know, it's, yeah, basically just contacting people, doing it, doing it old fashioned. Um, but again, we're hoping that once we get the site, uh, more developed and people know about us, that will be like the place to go to. So then, uh, they'll notice to come to us right away when they're looking for new comics and uh creators and writers and letterers and whatnot
1: sure um now have you guys started doing conventions or anything else to help get the word out
0: uh we just started uh so this summer we actually launched during the uh saskatchewan fan expo Mm -hmm. so we did that and uh we did a panel at that one we also did a a panel at uh uh, oh shoot names Uh, gambade it's a a cosplay anime manga convention here in Saskatoon. So we did that one, um, and in the new year we're looking ahead to doing like the Calgary Comic Con and starting with the, as many Canadian Canadian ones as we can uh, get to this year.
1: All right. Well, I, I early when doing this podcast, I did a lot of conventions, and I found it a great way to meet creators. But one of the problems I ran into is I realized if I just stayed geographically within my area, at some point it has diminishing returns because I've met these same 100 people five times now.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I'm always interested in hearing when people are getting started in these things. You know, and because what you learn about your company and getting the word out is helpful to even, say, you know, other indie creators, uh, even if it's, you know, a YouTube series or that sort of thing. And the one I keep coming back to is everybody's still out there pressing the flesh, man. you got to shake hands, kiss babies, make connections, get to be friends, and that's where you'll start cultivating contacts.
0: Exactly. You know, um, again, like like the independent music world, it's the same kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you don't go to festivals or you don't go to music conferences, you won't make those connections, and it's, it's the same way, you know? Um, at the Sask Expo this year, like, I went to every artist booth and left a card and, hey, check us out, and... Um, you know, but like meeting the people, I think is is uh, really beneficial. Um, you know, because even I surprise myself. I've I, I come across artists that I haven't seen their work before, and I'm like, I love your stuff. Where did you come from? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, obviously, you've been doing it, but I had no clue. So, uh, but yeah, no, definitely making those personal connections is a is a uh, definitely a right step in the right direction.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I would think. Well, you know, my background has always been in sales. For whatever I was Mm. doing at the time, and I always say nothing happens till somebody talks to somebody. You know, that's that's always just my thing. Until you shake somebody's hand, nothing's going to happen. You know, right? Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. I totally agree. So, what were some of the challenges that you weren't ready for in starting this company?
0: The and my initial answer might sound so basic and obvious, but our biggest hurdle was actually finding someone that can make a website for us (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um you know it's it's funny so um in uh saskatoon there's uh, a group here called collabs at the university of saskatchewan and they help tech companies develop their ideas they help them find investors but they have these meetings where you can just go and meet and and network and, and talk about your ideas and so um myself and scott started going to these meetings just to check it out, you know, um, coming from music background, we just we like to meet creative people. Mm-hmm. And we went to our first collab meeting and they went around the circle, like you know, everyone pitched their ideas what their ideas were. And the first guy, you know, I'm doing 3D printing to help cure cancer. and the next person is, I'm, you know, reinventing the way we uh, weigh our grain for agriculture. And then they come to us and we're like, uh, we want to sell comics and stuff. You know what I mean? Like we were like the outliers, but they were like, Oh, that's really interesting. Um, and so we just went to these meetings and we're talking with people and it was about a year and a half, almost two years of just like talking about this idea and wanting to do something. But how do you start if you don't know code or, you know, um, and it's finding someone that could build the website, but also gets what we're doing and is a comic fan and and likes all this sort of crazy stuff that we like. And then out of the blue, Scott's like, I, I met someone. So we, we met with Mitchell and we hit it off right away. And um, you know, he's like, I'm I'm on it. And so he's basically built the whole site from ground up. You know, um, and and it was amazing. So like once we we had that third part of our component, we could suddenly make our business. But that was the biggest thing it was just like finding someone, but it's, but it's even someone who again fits in with what you like and gets the idea of the business. Right. So, um, I'm sure we could have just, you know, we could have probably found, I just hired a company to do our website or whatever, but, um, you know, finding, you know, finding Mitchell that just got what we were doing and was excited about the project and was all invested was, a uh, that was probably our biggest hurdle. Now the second hurdle is, getting more comics on there right? <laughs> you know just getting people to it so and so and that's why i get to talk with uh, nice people like you and spread the word of online comics
1: oh sure nice people i've heard that exactly. before. yeah <laughs> <laughs> well uh, let's go ahead let's talk a little bit who's on your team who's all behind this there's you you've you've mentioned the name scott and then mitchell so who are these people what do they do all right,
0: so um, Scott R P. He's um, he does all our media and things, so he's the one that contacted you and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know gets the press out. He's the one who's contacting the artists. He's the one doing all the all the cold calling and things. Uh, Mitchell is our tech man, so he's the one who built the the website. Um, any issues, if something comes up that doesn't work, he'll actually message you directly and fix it. And uh, I'm the talking head. You know, I get to talk to people and shake hands and and uh, spread the word of comic greatness.
1: Comic book evangelizer—that's what your business card should say.
0: I, I, I love it. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I've been trying to think of different every, but once a week I send Scott and Mitchell different versions of what our title should be for our business cards and things. But uh, comic ev- evangel—sorry, what do you say? Comic evangel. Oh. Tongue twister. Whatever. Now, I'll, now, go and,
1: yeah. I'll, I'll go back. Yeah. Now I'm going to screw it up too. To it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Comic book evangelizer. That's what I said.
0: There you go. Yeah. There you go. I'll have to get a special uh, outfit or something. I think too.
1: Oh yeah, you're going to need a. You're going to need a costume. It's. You're going to have to have one. Yeah. There's just no way around it. Yeah. So Brandon, are you finding? I mean, just starting off again. This is early days for you guys, being two months in. Um, are are you finding more success in Canada or is it North America in general? How far would you like it to grow? But like, where are you starting from? Where are your where are the people who are publishing through you coming from?
0: We are actually getting people worldwide. Mm -hmm. Um, Our first uh, YouTube review is actually from uh, a user from the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've had some UK comics, which is, which is interesting because I, we're like, how did you hear about us? I mean, it's great, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, uh, so right now, it's it's coming from from all over. So, um, which is which is really cool to see. I originally I thought we would get a lot of Canadian books right away, um, but yeah, like I said, it's been just from all over the place, which is which is awesome. So, um, the UK seems to be really all over our website for whatever reason, you know, which is awesome. I don't know how they found out about us, but uh i'll I'll take it
1: there I, I okay so i'm gonna I'm gonna get a little bit out in the weeds here about the differences between America and Canada real quick okay <laughs> I have <laughs> Go, noticed well we're here in the states, England is much further away than it is say from Canada um you know basically if you're a stand up comic, you basically choose between English speaking Europe or the United States when you're talking about touring worldwide. And I have noticed that there are certain cultural closeness between the UK and Canada that doesn't exist between America and the UK. And I I feel like the cultural flow between the two goes easier. Now, I haven't studied this. This is just something that has occurred to me as I've met more people from Canada. And one of the things I love about going to Canada is you almost see a parallel universe of America if there hadn't been a civil or a uh, revolutionary war and, and the Commonwealth had just eventually come about, anyways,
0: right? Yeah, no, I could I can totally see that. Yeah,
1: because I've had dinner with people in Vancouver before. I was like, you know, I forget that I'm in a foreign country until I suddenly see something like the Royal Bank of Canada and remember, oh, you people have a queen. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. He goes, we have a head of Commonwealth. We don't have a queen. I was like, right, oh, okay. <laughs>
0: She's still, she's still on the money and things, you know, yeah. but uh, she has no acting power anymore.
1: Yeah, it's, I just thought that was a funny, distinguishing element, because I think of Canada. You know, Canada has a queen, but you talk to certain people, like, she's the queen, but it's just because she's the head of Commonwealth that she's on the money. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, even we have a, a governor general who mm-hmm. technically is the queen's representative in Canada, right? So, yes. Um. It's a figurehead position, but technically it's like one of the most powerful positions in in politics. On the flip side, they – I don't – how can I word this? I almost said they don't really do anything. I don't mean that. (laughs) But, you know, uh, they –
1: They're more – they're head of government more than head of state
0: exactly yeah Yeah. that's that's a much nicer way of putting it well done thank thank you thanks for the uh, life thanks for the lifeline there well
1: you know i try to be as diplomatic as possible even though i have trouble sometimes but there you're doing well so thank you but your governor general can also dissolve parliament and uh force the vote of a new uh government into place too yes yeah yeah
0: so hasn't happened yet but one day who knows It 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 could could, well
1: if you guys ever end up with say prime minister trump you you may see that happen
0: (laughs) you you never know you never know yeah
1: I try to steer clear of politics, but there are certain things I can't keep my mouth shut about. Um, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know how that goes.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough,
1: cool. All right, Brennan, so uh, anything else you need to tell us about, draw me in. Anything else you want to tell me about when's your when's your new album coming out? Tell me tell us about everything. What's your band? What do you do? Give us a little oh, a little piece of the riz. Oh my
0: goodness, there's so much to tell. Um so our next record, we're actually in the process of writing it right now. Um, the comic—it's it's actually funny because last time the comic took so long mm-hmm. that um, the comic is actually further along than the record this time. So um, our artist um, Donnie Spiro has been uh, doing a lot of work on the on the on the next comic, so that's coming down the pipe here. Um, uh, hopefully by next year we'll have a brand new record with the brand new graphic novel to go along with it. Um, I'm doing all the so I'm the the bass player and the lyricist. Uh, for Ultimate Power Duo. So uh, we've developed our own genre of music. We call it demolition rock. Okay. Uh, and so when people ask, what's your band sound like? I, I say, if you took uh, Jack Bruce from Cream, the, the bass player and lead singer. So if you took the, the singer and bass player from Cream and he was fronting the Ramones, who had a live show like The Who, okay. but they might but they might be giants, wrote all the songs for them, that's kind of what we're like. So we're, it's kind of a, a combination of old school punk and uh, nerdy stuff all mixed into one. So, um, yeah, so we have a, the, the next comic and record will hopefully be out next year. Um, right now, drumming and Comics has been taking up like a lot of our time and energy, obviously. So, um, you know, trying to get the word and spread that around. Uh, what else? Let me see um hopefully doing some more engagements in the next year like comic conventions talking to people uh doing some more panels uh doing some more podcasts i'm actually looking into starting our own draw me in comics podcast where we talk to independent comic creators highlight some people on our site um you know one more avenue that way uh you can probably tell that i don't mind talking so yeah, I, thought, I not? hadn't
1: noticed. It's not like you're coming across <laughs> real easy or anything here, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I thought, why not uh, tape myself talking more? So um, I've just in the starting of putting the podcast idea in my head, and we'll see if that if we get to that. So if I do my own podcast, I will give you a call, and uh, we can do a a whole spotlight on on your podcast.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, let me, I will go one further and say, if you get to a spot where you need some help trying to figure out how to produce it or do whatever, feel free to give me a call. Uh, I would like to be involved in a podcast that specifically handles indie creators. So oh, let me be, just, let me just gr- throw that at you.
0: Perfect. That'd be great. Cause I like much like when I made the first comic, i with podcasts I don't know where to start. So mm-hmm. um if I have someone who knows what they're doing and hey, there we go. This sounds another great idea in the making here.
1: Yeah. Well, I just it's one of those things I may not have time to necessarily always host a show, but I definitely have time to help produce, edit and uh publicize one. So just Brennan, you you hold on to that idea because that's that's something I would like to try to get into next is specifically doing production side of things so sure yeah that, you, that'd be great uh, you know when we get done recording here i'll give you my phone number and my email address and that way if you ever want to talk to me just let me know
0: sure perfect that's,
1: okay. that's a great idea so i noticed for a canadian basis there was a band missing from your uh list of influences or style that i'm a little shocked by uh would you uh, care to guess who
0: i'm guessing rush
1: that's who i was thinking yeah uh
0: funny you mentioned that mm-hmm. um scott rp is probably the most non-Rush fan I've ever met (laughs) um actually for his birth I didn't do it but for his birthday one year I almost bought him a Rush calendar as as a joke so yeah um yeah no it's um yeah it's not not my world I mean I love as musicians like I love Neil Peart right uh brilliant drummer um but growing up that just wasn't my that wasn't my three piece of choice, you know? Um, my three pieces were the police and the violent femmes and cream and Jimi Hendrix, right? Those are the ones, um, when I first heard rush, it was just, my head wasn't there, you know? Um, and now as I'm older, I, I really appreciate a lot of what they do, but yeah, just, I'm more more punk
1: than Prague, I guess. I gotcha. No, that's that's yeah. a that's a legit statement to make. See, I th- I, I'm kind of weird in that I like Rush's first album, but don't really care for anything after that. To which, of course, everybody goes. But Neil Peart wasn't even in the band yet, and I'm like, you know how to tell when it's time to fire your drummer? No, how they say, hey guys, let's play one of my songs now. Then you know it's time to get rid of that guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And every Rush fan out there just quit listening to my show. So
0: <laughs> there you, you just lost a big part of your Canadian audience, I think, I, by that one. I
1: probably one. did. I probably did right there, yeah. Yeah,
0: but I'm sure if uh, we can, we'll mention uh, uh, Todd McFarlane or something, and then I'll bring him back. So there you go. Oh, is he Canadian? He's from Calgary, yeah.
1: I was not aware of that, because um, I am not yeah. a big fan, but I'll, I'll give him a second shot, just because I do love Canada and the Canadian people. There you go. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's a,
0: yeah. No, from from Calgary. So I was uh, I was of...
1: unaware of that. I thought he was just like from Assholevania or something. I wasn't really sure. <laughs> I, <clears throat> I think he's the mayor. Uh, oh, I'm sure. that's it. Yeah. See, I I still carry a big chip on my shoulder about all of the '90s when it comes to comic books, and him and Jim, <laughs> Jim Lee. Those guys were at the epicenter of the craptasticness of what happened with comic books at that point. So, it. Huh? I, it was def- it was definitely a shift. Let's yeah. just put it that way. And I probably yeah. I probably overweight that in my estimation of comic books and their greatness and I and just like automatically blame everything on the nineties. But that's just the way my psyche is drawn. That's that's what we've you know, thirty years on and this is what I'm left with.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well and uh continuing with the Canadian connections, uh Tom Grummet um is from Saskatoon. We're from the same city. Oh. Um yeah. So, um, there's, uh, a, a, uh, amazing stories here in Saskatoon, um, that we started doing a, uh, uh, comic book writing club. Okay. So we meet like once a month and we just, you know, share ideas and talk about comics and things. And, uh, yeah, Tom Grummett's going to be coming out to, uh, some of those and chat with us and things. Oh, so, well, that's really cool. Um, yeah. So we have a really, we have, we have a really good community here in, in Saskatoon for, uh, you know a city of 250,000 people. Right. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we got lots of comics, which is really, really cool.
1: Yeah. You know, and I, I, still get kind of baffled by the size of some of the provinces, the cities and the provinces in the center of your country. Cause I think it was like Manitoba. I assume like eight people live there and somebody's like, no, there's like eight or 900,000 people. And I'm like, get out. There's no way but it's true you know it is yeah, yeah. in saskatoon i think of oh you know, yeah there's probably 50 or 60 thousand you're like no there's a quarter of a million people i'm just like how is this even possible you know
0: <laughs> we're we're just we're very spread out right so
1: yeah that's here. actually my my home city here in california is like that we are land wise we just sprawl in every direction um, the home of george lucas by the way modesto california so, oh nice. Yeah. Uh I could actually throw a rock from my house and hit his parents' old house.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. So have, have you have you tried that just
1: to You know, I got in trouble for throwing rocks when I was younger. So oh, okay. I try not to do it now, you know. That's, good idea, probably. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, probably a good lifestyle choice.
1: Yep. So, so as we as we wrap up, I do have to know one thing. You of course are in the province, which is probably most known for a little TV series that is my absolute favorite called corner gas. Do you ever get tired? Do you ever get tired of hearing about corner gas being in Saskatchewan? I
0: I don't know. I think it's great. You know, um, having corner gas becoming this huge success, like this cultural phenomenon, you know, like I think it's awesome. Um, it's even really cool. I mean, being from Saskatchewan and being someone who isn't part of the film industry, Mm -hmm. when you, are actually on the road and you drive past the set of corner gas and see the gas station and things. That was really, it was yeah. really cool. Like, was it? Yeah.
1: My heart broke the day that that went down when they took that out. I was like, cause we were going to go to Rolo to see it. And then they tore it out and I was like, ah, well that's gone oh, no. forever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I was, uh, yeah, no, I was on a road trip or something and we're driving by it's like, Oh, there's the corner gas. And like it was all lit up. They were, they must have been getting ready to do some filming or something. So, um, no, I think it's really neat. You know, I I think, you know, uh, as a Saskatchewanian, you know, we're pretty proud of the stuff that we do here. And if something catches on, then we'll, we'll probably just keep talking about it for a long, long
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> and see, and also, if I were going to name somebody from Saskatchewan, I would have gone with Saskatchewegian. Oh yeah, like like how the people from Glasgow call themselves Glaswegian.
0: Oh, neat. Yeah. Uh, we'll make some T-shirts. We'll, uh yeah,
1: there you go. We're we're we'll gonna see. we'll send this up to the Governor General and see what he thinks.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I, I think we're just we're changing cultures right here. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Everything, yeah, if there's one thing that commas can do, it's you know, change the face of politics. Obviously. So there you go.
1: They can bridge every gap. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And if your table's wobbly, you can stick a comic book under one of the legs and fix it.
0: (laughs) As long as it's one that you don't like so much, right? See,
1: I've gotten to the point in my life when I buy paper comics, what I do is I read them, roll them in a ball, tear the front cover off, and stick them in my back pocket. That way everybody else's comic becomes more valuable in the future.
0: Oh, so you're... you're controlling the market basically well, by uh, what i'm what i'm trying, changing the demand
1: i am trying to not allow the weird glut that happened in the 90s come about again the hoarding and the all of a sudden like a, va- a valiant comic that was worth a thousand dollars last week seven billion of them just hit the market uh again and now they're worth a dollar 50 right yeah i figure well, there every, go. every comic i throw away that's one less in circulation in the future
0: there you go you're just uh you're just making them more viable
1: that's you know? that's what i'm shooting for you know that's yeah, what i'm trying you, to do
0: it's a it's a community service really yeah i think well, it's I,
1: a... I don't want to use the word hero but you know but if you're going to it'd yeah be, uh... i think this would be the time and place to use it i i agree absolutely for yeah, sure absolutely well brandon thank you very much for coming on here and allowing me to bend your ear for a bit so brandon you were saying you had something for our listeners to uh check out if they wanted to drop into draw me in comics why don't you let them know what it is
0: I do we have a, a promo code for your listeners if they come to Dramian me in comics they can cash it in for 200 super coins to check out some digital comics and uh start some shopping support some artists independent artists need the support so come on let's yeah. help out
1: no that's a great idea so if you're listening you want to check out some indie comics on draw me in comics you would be uh helping out an independent uh creator you would also be getting some free stuff Uh, I I don't see how you lose by going in and checking that out. So what's that code, Brennan?
0: The promo code is Geekish-Cast.
1: Oh, that's easy enough. Geekish-Cast. Yep,
0: Geekish and Cast are capital letters. And, uh, yeah, you get uh, 200 super coins to buy some comics. And uh, I think we have uh, about 25 or 30 of those we're giving out. So, So start an account. Type in your promo code and yeah, check out some cool comics.
1: Well, awesome! I'll go blast that on Twitter and Facebook as well, and hopefully we'll get a couple of people to go eyeball your site a little bit. All right. Well, Brennan. With that being said, let's go ahead and wrap up then. Oh
0: well, thank you for for having me.
1: Absolutely, and remind everybody again where they can find Dramian Comics.
0: So come to DramianComics dot uh, We're on Twitter at Dramian Comics, Facebook Dramian Comics. Uh, come check us out. Sign up. Put your books on there and. Uh, you know, let's change the world by releasing awesome comics.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a hell of a plan to me. All right, Brennan, thank you again. I do appreciate it. Thank you so much. You got it. And everybody else, thank you for listening. I appreciate all the time you've spent listening to the show. We are somewhere north of 200 episodes now, but I don't number the show anymore, so it's hard to say where. So, uh, you know, for uh, Draw me In Comics and Brennan Riesling, a.k.a. The Riz, bye-bye, everybody.